I've been watching the news and to be honest with you, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that could be just par for the course of my life, but I watch CNN, I watch MSNBC, I watch Fox News. I mean, really, I don't understand. What I don't understand is there must be a huge piece of the information that they're either not saying or I haven't researched or something. Because when I'm listening to it, I, I pick up perception versus reality. That's what I don't understand. It's like when I listen to them, I, I hear a lot of perception, but I hear very little reality. Let me give you an example. Okay, so like NATO. Let me give you an example of NATO. I turn on the news. I believe it was CNN. And I'm watching, and it's like breakfast. Um, I guess he's talking to one of the head guys at NATO, him being Trump, President Trump, is talking to one of the head guys at NATO over breakfast. And the cameras are there, and Trump's going on about how Germany is buying, I believe it's natural gas, off Russia. And then Trump says they're buying 60% of their um, energy supply coming from, from Russia. Now, that's incorrect. I think it's about 20% overall because Germany has um, many different sources like biofuel, solar, wind, um, and they even use some parts of coal. However, he only focuses on one uh, commodity, which is gas coming from Russia, which leads me to believe in the context of what he's talking about. He's only referring to um, gas, which means that... Um, 60% of natural gas is coming from Russia. Now, I heard a general, or a retired general, um, talk about how gas of Germany has nothing to do with, with NATO at all. And in the strictest sense, I'd have to agree with them. The problem is that everything is tied together. Let me give you an example. So Germany is literally giving money to Russia for a commodity, for natural gas. And so that by itself means that funds are leaving Germany and going into Russia. Now, if NATO exists for the sole purpose at the beginning of its onstart to hold back the USSR, which now has admittedly become just Russia, why would you be giving Russia money? That doesn't make any sense. You're just literally handing them more money so they can build a tank to drive across your border. That doesn't seem smart. Now, here's the thing. What happens if Russia gets upset? Right? We already know that Germany's giving money. Now, their excuse is that this was done 15 years ago, but Putin changed the rules and thus he's the bad guy, not Germany. No, a country has to adapt. The reality is... Germany has to adapt, which means that it would be better for them to buy the natural gas off an ally, but not off, not off Russia. Now, I'm sure President Trump would love it if they, they being Germany, would just buy the natural gas off of the U.S. I'm not saying they have to do that. Hell, I don't care if they buy it off France or England or Norway. Just someone within the alliance... Actually, I don't know if Norway is part of the alliance. I should check that. Anyways, I just assumed. But that they would buy it off one of the alliance in case you need to 
intervene in something that Russia is doing, like Crimea. Now, here's the thing. So if Russia shut the fuel supply off, how would that affect NATO? We just go, oh, it has nothing to do with it? No, because if you shut off the oil supply, it would be like OPEC shutting off their oil supply. It ups the price of everything else because everything else and the energy sector is another commodity. And if you're not using natural gas to supply the needs that you're using, you have to tap into some other system, which would mean that all the other commodities that are energy-based would go up in price. And when that happens, your public, the citizens of Germany, would pay more, which would mean that they'd ha they, being the government of Germany, would have access to less funds when they tax the people, which then would mean that if there was an armed conflict, they'd have less money to put into defense. I'm in hell right now. Germany is only supplying 1.2% of their GDP for defense. I mean, what the heck? I mean, you're looking at places like Greece, 2.36. Uh, US is 3.61. Uh, UK is 2.17. Poland is 2.01. And the target rate is 2%. I mean, hell, Canada is like 1.02, <laughs> which is awesome. Hey, go Canada. Anyways, so... Oh, and then Italy is 1.11. That's that's awesome. You got to you got to give these people credit, these countries credit. But the thing is, you're sitting if you have an adversary that's sitting that close to you, you probably want to put a little more into defense instead of 1.2. And you definitely don't want to be handing them money for a commodity. You want to shut that off and buy from one of the other people, the other countries. Now, what would happen if now, okay, so I want to deal with something because somebody could be saying, well, this is Germany. Do you really want them to be arming themselves? No, no, I do not, because that has a bad taste after World War I and II, where Germany <laughs> stepped on us, stepped on a lot of people hard. So, yeah, but here's the thing. They could have spent more than they were spending, and they could have given the weapons away. Like, think about it. It's not that they have to keep the weapons. They could literally spend the 2% and hand the weapons to other nations if we're so afraid that Germany will return to its old ways of being a juggernaut death machine. They could have done that, but no. Now, here's the perception and reality. So that's the reality, that everything is tied together. But you have this retired general on CNN going, nope, it has nothing to do with it, and he's just basically using our military to hit the, the allies over the head with the sick. And this has never been seen in the 70 years of NATO. Well, here's the thing. Things change. Basically, he's engaging in a fallacy that says that the way they should be treated is how they've always been treated. He's making an appeal to tr tradition. He's saying, well, it was done in the past that way. It's got to be done this way. That is moronic. Think about it. Think of all the bad things that we have going on. Do you want that to be the rationale for why we continue doing bad things? Well, excuse me, the reason we do it is because we've always done it that way. Here, here. High tea, everybody. Slavery, anyone? Why, yes. Let's go to Libya and buy some people. Here, here. Oh, and just FYI, 
Libya was a NATO operation. Well, not all of it, but they did play a substantial part in it. What a joke. Anyways, so that's the reality <laughs> of the situation. But they, CNN just pumps this, this perception out over and over and over again. And I don't understand it. I don't, I don't see what's so hard about it. And then they mock President Trump for, uh, for engaging in a conversation where he feels this is inappropriate, that these other countries aren't even spending enough. And let's put this in perspective, okay? So by 2024, all the Na uh, NATO nations that are part of the, sorry, all the nations that are part of the NATO alliance uh, must have their uh, defense spending up to 2% of their GDP uh, by 2024. Now, here's the thing. Is this agreement, like there's no teeth to it. So is this agreement like the Paris Climate, uh, Climate Accord? Is it? Think about it. Think about that for a second. You have the USA walk away from that and everybody gets in a, a fit. But the truth is you can't do anything because no one's made punishments that would fit walking away from that agreement. So think about defense. What happens if at 2024 countries aren't meeting the 2%? It's not like there's an incremental uh, benchmarks that these nations have to meet. They just have to have it up by 2024. And then what happens if they don't? Anybody? Yeah, so it's meaningless. So yeah, the only thing that the U.S. has is the fact that it is a world leader in military armaments. That's it. And the threat that they're going to walk away. So that's the reality of the situation. So what do they expect Trump to do? Go in there and be like... Excuse me, we just we just noticed that you're only paying one percent. Um, oh, excuse me, sorry, Germany, one point two percent. Yes, I was just wondering if it's not too much of a bother if you could please raise it up more. I realize that you've bailed out the European Union and that you're giving uh, your citizens free education, but you know we don't want to be have to pack you for your defense. Considering that we pay, we we have 3.61 uh, percent of our GDP uh, being <laughs> being paid into NATO, it's like it's ludicrous, and I see that a lot in in um, in the news. Perception versus reality. Like I'll give you another one. Uh, actually, let's keep going with NATO. Okay, so then you have then you have conflict, right? The perception they're pushing this perception that, oh, Putin must be like drooling. He must be like, oh, it's a win for Putin. Russia's just like, like the bears at the door. Give, give me a break. Think about it. Why? Why can you not happen up upfront and direct conversation with your friends? If your friend was irritating you, wouldn't you tell them? Wouldn't you be like, hey, man, I don't appreciate that. Stop it. Wouldn't you say that? Or would you be like, oh, no, everything's fine? Or is it like an abusive relationship? You Behind the scenes, you take crap. And then when you walk out in public, you've got to be like united. No. Trump went there to deal with a problem. It was a problem. Now, did he deal with it? Well, that's a whole different discussion. But the news when he was like at the breakfast table was more concerned about the, the perception than than the reality. 
You see, the reality is when you go to war, it's going to be massively expensive. Wars cost a lot of money. They pay for soldiers, equipment, fuel, everything. And it's going to be more than 2%. So if the perception of power is that you all stand together and you say nice things and nobody, nobody rocks the boat and everybody keeps with the percentages, I said, then that's cool, right? Everybody's happy, we smile, until Russia goes, you know what, I think that's a facade, and kicks down your front door and decides to annex another piece of the Ukraine. Whoopee. I mean, how does that work? You need actual power when you're dealing with Russia. Because bullets don't know propaganda. Bullets don't understand uh, words. I mean, when you have nice, pretty words from a pulpit somewhere, yay! But a bullet doesn't understand that. The only thing a bullet understands is the laws of physics. And the laws of physics are one cold-hearted mistress. So when you've got when you've got a problem where you've got people, or sorry, countries that are paying a little over 1%, that's that's an issue. And so the fact that Trump goes in there and says that it's an issue isn't a problem in reality. It's dealing with a problem, which then will actually in reality make the nation, sorry, NATO stronger. So why is that a problem? Anybody? Well, it's not what he said. It's how he said it. I'm sorry. Have you taken a look at all the presidents before him as far as their approach? Yeah. I mean, there was a time when the U.S. had to pack Europe. I mean, Dresden was a firestorm. England was just devastated in rubble many places. So it made sense that the USA had to step up and hold up everybody. I get it. You're facing down the USSR. The Iron Curtain was a real thing. And nuclear annihilation was just a push of a button. But you have to... It, it's things change. You can't simply have an appeal to tradition and then go about your day. We have to be ready. They have to be ready. So I do not understand why the news continuously pushes a perception rather than reality.